of Washington. Tom, good afternoon and thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Before we even get to your research and, and the, this astounding finding that you have, I'd like to find out what are you doing here? Well, why do you come here to the AIDS conference? Uh, this is a very uh, a good event where we're actually bringing all stakeholders together to really look at where we're making progress, areas where we need to really scale up uh, and try to put more effort towards uh, really bringing this uh, epidemic down. And uh, it's to share lessons and to share experiences from different stakeholders. I mean, you've heard the criticism of conferences like these. They become talk shops. They become, you know, just a, a place for the talking heads, the uh, the Banky Moons, the Cyril Ramaphosa's, the, t the, the Charlize Theron's. At the end of the day, how do we connect with the people infected and affected by HIV at a conference that seems so far removed from Kwamashu, places that are today seeing the, the effects of HIV? You know, actually, this is a very good... Uh, uh, statement in terms of the fact that we are having uh, that kind of high-level engagement from the different uh, uh, policymakers who are really showing the commitment towards uh, addressing this condition. So I believe that uh, as we look at these, even for the frontline health workers, being able to be in this forefront and being able to have this kind of conferences, I believe it's a kind of commitment to show that uh, there is uh, still work to be done. I'm very happy to be here. Well, that's a perfect link to uh, our next point, which is the research that you've done. There's a lot more work that needs to be done. AIDS deaths are falling in most countries worldwide, but the rate of new infections have increased in 74 countries over the past decade. Why is this happening? This is actually um, an interesting finding, and uh, this uh, study really uh, points us towards uh, the need to do more. Uh, there is um, prevention that is, uh, needs to be scaled up. Uh, there are proven interventions which are um, been proven to be able to prevent the, the, the disease. So things like self-male circumcision, uh, being able to uh, scale up the, AI, the antiretroviral coverage. So it is really a call to do more so that we do not really uh, lose uh, or lose the gains that we have made over the last uh, couple of decades, which mm. have been very impressive. So d tell us about why new infections are on the increase and, and in which countries should we be more, most concerned about this? So if you look at uh, uh, the sub-Saharan African region, which is really the epicenter of the, uh, the, the, the epidemic, uh, so if you look at southern African countries, countries like Botswana, they need to really uh, pay attention to that. Uh, countries like Kenya, you have a number of southern African countries which are really uh, heavily affected. And they, they need the, 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 the whole call is to be able to say, how do we then scale up these interventions which are proven to be able to prevent the, the, the disease and uh, try to scale up the quality of the uh, antiretroviral uh, coverage? If you look at uh, the guidance that we have received, global guidance in terms of testing 90% of the people who are uh, uh, being able to know their status, being able to scale up to 90% of the people who need the HIV uh, treatment and being able to ensure that these are virally suppressed, it's actually uh, a clear roadmap towards uh, being able to tackle these conditions. So let's talk about the who. who. Who's getting infected? Who are among the new infections with HIV? Are they, are they women? Are they young people? Who, who is most at risk? Oh, so you, you have, uh, uh, it's in, in, in different countries, it's very heterogeneous. So you have special populations. You have uh, groups that are most at risk. So you have uh, areas where uh, you have people like the injecting drug users who are more at risk. You have... Uh, 
uh, some uh, areas where you have the young uh, uh, women who are having this uh, aspect of like intergenerational sex. So it's very varied across different parts of the, the, the countries. And this really gives us an idea of how do policymakers start pointing their interventions in such a way that you address those uh, most at risk populations so that we can be able to uh, uh, tackle these uh, epidemic. So how do we understand this study? Because, you know, being at this conference, there's studies being released almost hourly here. Everyone's got a different study. Yeah. Yesterday, there was a study from UNAIDS, which seems to contradict the study that, that you're breaking on our show this afternoon. We, we know that this embargo is only about to be released. The study is about to be released publicly. Yeah. And so thank you very much for talking to us about this. But it contradicts a study that was released yesterday that says new infections have plateaued. 2.1 million in 2015. It was 2.2 million in 2010. You are here today telling us that those figures are wrong. Uh, not really. Uh, what we're saying is, uh, actually, if you look at the uh, numbers that we're producing with, uh, um, in terms of uh, the study which was produced uh, uh, yesterday, as we said, there's actually a lot of convergence. Uh, what they're saying is uh, the uh, incidence is uh, plateauing in terms of you are not seeing the rate of change in terms of initially if you look at the past decade there was a lot of uh, decline there were very impressive decline and what we need to do is to accelerate that decline so that we don't have new infections and that's exactly what our study is showing at the global level but there are very nuanced differences between the study that was released yesterday and the one which uh, we are releasing now which is more comprehensive in terms of the global burden of disease study is more comprehensive we are having more than 195 countries uh, we use their methodological issues in terms of we actually use more comprehensive data. We are more internally consistent. So it's, it's basically being able to uh, look at these in a different way that we can be able to uh, give more um, uh, information for policymakers. So, Tom, if, if uh, Dr. Uh, Choki, if you don't mind, just one final question. I mean, so this is the largest and most comprehensive study that's been done on new infections, and you show that the rate of infections is increasing in 74 countries around yes. the world. What does it say about our response to the disease burden in countries around the world, particularly when we look at our goals? 2020, we've got this 90-90-90 goal, and then 2030 is a UN goal of eradicating HIV. Are we anywhere close to that target? Well, that's uh, uh, actually uh, interesting that you raise that. It's, it's one of the things that I believe that we need to look and say, there is a lot of work to be done. Uh, we have to accelerate towards these, these goals. Uh, so things like being able to scale up the antiretroviral coverage. If you look at a number of countries, uh, this study actually produces, which is produced by the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation, uh, talks also to things like uh, the coverage of antiretroviral uh, um, uh, uh, coverage in the c in different countries. And the biggest issue you are having is not many uh, people who need the, the treatment, life-saving treatments, are getting this. And the quality of that treatment is also being put into question, the fact mm. that we're having new infections. So one of the things that we also need to focus on, there's more studies that are being done by HME that looks at the global financing, and one of the things that we need to do is to put more, invest more resources, both from donors and country level, so that we can be able to tackle these uh, epidemic comprehensively.
Dr. Tom Ochoki, thank you very much for joining us with this very frank discussion. He's a clinical assistant professor at the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington, and he has more than 10 years of experience in population health research. It's 12, approaching 12.30. We'll get your news headlines from Mutsile Saku shortly, but if you'd like to write into the show, 34701 is your SMS hotline. You can also find us on Twitter at SAFM Midday Live. Tweet me right now at Darshan Mudli. You can use the hashtag Midday Live or use the hashtag Hashtag for the show, uh, for the conference, it's AIDS 2016. Thank you so much to Dr. Tom Ochoki for joining us. And shortly we'll be joined by Mandisa Dlamini. We're right across the road from something called the Gugu Dlamini Park. Mandisa is Gugu Dlamini's daughter. She's going to be joining us shortly to tell us more about the significance of this park, why it's been named in honor of her mother. And then one of our producers, Mabu Buluka, actually went to the park and she's going to give you a description of what's there. And she tried to ask people if they knew why, what the name of the park was and what's the significance of it. Surprising answers to come. It's 12.30. News headlines now. Utsila Saku. Thank you, Darshan. In the headlines, several discrepancies have been uncovered in the police's investigation into the death of teenager Annika Smith. An inquest into her death is currently underway in the Pretoria North Magistrates Court. The ANC in KwaZulu-Natal says it believes the current spate of killings in the province is a ploy to intimidate and demoralize its candidates and volunteers ahead of next month's local government elections. And as tributes continue to pour in for the late rally,